Before we get started, as our stories on this episode involve graphic imagery, listener discretion is advised. We're going to begin with an American military vet who served with the Marines in Iraq. When he returned to the States, Brian Vargas was not in a great place. And when he first met his therapist, Dr. Shauna Springer, he wasn't really ready to open up. Stamp judgment. There are things that you do that society here in the States would put you away for a very, very, very long time and throw away the key. There are things that you do in a war zone that changes the makeup of your understanding of right and wrong and morals and humanity. And so going in those first few times to see Shauna, my therapist, you're like, how do I tell this person this? I was still only maybe a few years post my injury. I mean, I got shot on January 17, 2007. We were going house to house in a city in Iraq. We were in Anbar province. Uh, we did night movements because it was safer. Well, as soon as daybreak kind of happened, we kind of started taking sporadic AK fire. We were taking rounds. And after a while, our corpsman was up top. And we were like, hey, come down. You shouldn't be up there because if you end up getting shot, we're all kind of screwed. So I went up and took his place up there with myself, Vigil, and David. I mean, I was very blatant as far as you know, being on the rooftops without any gear on, uh, just kind of antagonizing the uh, the enemy that's out there watching us and standing on the rooftop, uh, you know, flipping everybody off, like, whatever. I just stopped caring. Um, I really, uh, uh, I got to the point where you felt this, like, untouchable type thing. And I, I wasn't the smart. I definitely shouldn't have been behaving that way, but day after day, that'll kind of change your perspective on things. There was a sniper that came out, right? You can tell the difference between a sniper and regular AK fire because it's more direct. The last thing I remember is standing, looking through my uh, my RCO, my, my scope, right? And uh, looking for the sniper. I came to, I could see Carson's mouth moving and it's like yelling, Vargas is hit, Vargas is hit. I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, Vargas is hit, okay. And I look down, I just see a whole bunch of blood. I mean, covered in blood. And uh, I was like, Vargas is hit. I mean, it took forever to kind of understand that I was Vargas and that I had been hit. My face was ripped in half. I have strap on my tongue, eye, face, cheeks, three herniated discs in my back. Getting shot and blown up is... Uh, it's life-changing, and it's something that, you know, lives with me every day. Um, it's something where when I wake up in the morning and I'm brushing my teeth and I look in that mirror and I see my reflection, uh, and I see that scar on my face, it tingles, it, it, it's numbing, it tightens up, it sends these nerves going haywire in my face, it makes my, you know, face contract. Every day, it's, you know, from my head to my toes, it's, it's living through a pain that I know sucks. 
Um, so I was heavily medicated. I had 15 different bottles of medication. Um, everything from, you know, here's something for your anger. Here's something for the side effects you get from that one. Then here's for your sleep and here's for the voices you hear. Here's for the things you see. Here's for, you know, the pain. Here's the other one for, for fun, just because we're gonna try it out. When I had gotten the news that another friend had um, committed suicide, it was a, uh, I essentially, I walked into that office and sat down on that couch I always sit on, the little, it's like a little one person, little chair. I couldn't hold it in anymore. I just started crying, got very emotional. I've seen so many people kill themselves. I'm thinking, what do I need to do to not feel so numb right now? I would come to her and I would tell her, you know, I'm driving pretty fast on the freeway, going about 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 miles an hour, and uh, all I can do is envision myself driving into the, uh, into the median, hoping that I can uh, end my life that way. I uh, explained to her that the reason why it took me a number of years to even get a weapon in my own home was because I was unsure of how I would be with a weapon in my home and know that I would possibly kill myself with it. I would tell her that, you know, I envisioned uh, jumping off of a very high building and and just finding the peace and the quietness on the way down. I, I kind of want to, at the same time with these thoughts of killing myself, is how far can I push it? How far can I go? Because I feel pretty invincible, pretty untouchable, and so I want to see how far I can push it before I actually do die. Um, which isn't a smart or safe way to live. So I was sitting in her, in her office, and we were sitting across from each other, we were coming up to maybe the last 15 to 20 minutes of this session because there was always a, a timer in, in front of that plant on her little side table um, in between the two chairs. There was always a timer there. So I always knew we were click on the clock. So I would constantly watch the clock when I was in her office, which is probably not helpful. But she was like, hey, I've got something I've been working on. I wanted to see if, let me get your thoughts. It's like, I haven't really asked anybody yet, but I want to get a uh, veteran's opinion on it. And so what Shauna did was she had this, uh, I think it was an Altoids box or something, uh, like a mint tin can box. And it was pretty small. It's like, all right. So she showed it to me. Um, she had this picture of Shirley Temple on the front of it. And inside of it, she had uh, a pair of keys, a, pa a pair of uh, gunlock keys. The photo on top is supposed to be someone that you love. So like your husband, your wife, somebody that you have a huge, huge emotional and physical connection with. And on the inside is the key to that gun lock. And the key to that gun lock is in there because to open that up and get that, to use your weapon that's already locked up, you need to go through this person, that gatekeeper essentially. And she was just kind of like... You know, we want to slow down that time frame from when a veteran grabs our weapon, loads it, and attempts to shoot themselves or attempts suicide. I was like, you know, hey, I think this is a really great idea. 
you know, the session ended. So then a couple of days went by and uh, my wife and I, we had, I forget what we were arguing about something. Um, I think I had kicked like a hole in a wall in the garage or something. You know, and I was having those thoughts of hurting myself and I was sitting there and I was thinking about this concept that Shauna brought to me and I just couldn't let it go. I was searching around my garage, I was looking in my office, and I was just kind of like, what the heck am I going to put stuff in? I was like, oh. I was like, well, let me grab this ammo box. It was a small, little, plastic ammo can. About the size of an iPhone Plus. Uh, so I was like, well, I was like, I have a weapon. I was like, I keep it locked up. Let me grab those keys, and I grabbed that ammo can, that little tiny plastic one, and I put my gun safe lock keys inside of there. And I was like, cool. All right, I don't feel any different. Well, I grabbed that little ammo can and I was holding it in my hand, sitting on the floor of my office. My back leaned up against the closet and just kind of holding it. When I opened up that ammo can and I looked at the key sitting in there, I was kind of like, well, what, what's the point of having these keys in there? What am I even here for? Like, what am I living for? What am I, what's that driving force? And a huge part of it is um, my partner, my spouse, my wife, uh, Monica. She is one of the reasons why I am breathing and living today. So I, I put a photo, um, I think it might have been a wedding photo in there. And I was like, you know what? I was like, something that I live for and that keeps me going is the memory of going through that situation of being shot. And so I put those am I put those rounds in there. Those the rounds that exploded in my face. You know, these are five five six caliber rounds. They are uh, brass. They are blown up. They are broken. They are dented. They're cold. They are literally falling apart in pieces of shrapnel. And I grabbed them off of my ledge in my office and I put them inside the box. I put them inside of my warrior box. They are the most real representation of what death looks like for me. Death looks like a round ripping through my face. I was putting this box together and I didn't really understand what I was doing. It's like, great, now what? I put it away for a while and my wife and I were having some, you know, we had gotten into a pretty big fight and I'd been, I'd been drinking. I'd been doing some drinking. Um, so that wasn't, that wasn't very good. But we were at home and I remember we had been fighting for hours, hours and hours and at that point I had, I had broken, we had a glass table in the, in our kitchen. I had I smashed the glass table. There was glass everywhere in the house. Um, I had tore off two of our doors to the spare bedroom. I grabbed the chairs to the kitchen table and I was throwing them around the house. I put a hole into our island uh, in the kitchen there. 
I wish I remember. This is how insignificant the fight was. But I, at that point, I was so heated and so fired up and emotional that it wouldn't matter what we were fighting about. I can't look at my wife and feel comfortable with being the cause of that much pain in her eyes. I was sitting there, I was like, I need to just end this right now. We had been fighting for too long and we weren't getting anywhere. And I was like, I can't keep being the reason for you being unhappy, basically, is what I'm telling her and I'm thinking it in my mind. At this point, it's dark in my house. It's nighttime. Um, I'm walking past her, trying to move her out the way. Um, I walk into my bedroom. I get my, I grab my weapon. I grab my uh, Rock Island 1911 45 and get really, really pissed off because I'm mad that there's a freaking lock on it and for the split second, I was thinking to myself, where the F are the keys at? And I was like, mother I was like, damn it. I was like, all right. I was like, I know where the damn keys are. And she was literally grabbing at my shirt, you know, pulling at me, like, put this freaking gun away. He's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm pushing her away. I'm trying to get this ammo can so to get the key. So I grabbed the ammo can and I open it. You know, I have the weapon in one hand, but it's got a lock on it. And I grab the ammo can with the other hand. And I'm like, damn it. So I dump it out. I just grab it and I just dump it because it's dark in the room. We didn't have any of the lights on. There's a light post that is sitting like directly in front of the window. And no matter how dark I want it in my bedroom, I can never get it dark because this window always has a light on it at night. So there's always this beam of light that shines through and it hits the same section of the couch. I mean, the same section of the carpet every night. I happened to dump the ammo can out right inside of that, that light spot because I was like, well, I need to see this. I need to get this freaking key. Forgot that I'd put a bunch of stuff in there. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm pretty irritated already. And I'm like, well, now I got to, I have to go through all this crap in order to get to this key. Monica's in front of me. She's got one hand on my wrist that's holding my weapon. So she's got her other hand kind of on my left bicep, uh, trying to push me back, basically. And I'm just angry. I'm just mad. I'm like, I need to take myself out. I need to kill myself right now. I need to stop this pain and suffering. And if I'm the cause of this pain and suffering, then I am the enemy that needs to go. The keys were so small that they were tucked under all the photos and all the things I had put in there. I'm sifting through and I'm kind of like, I push her out the way a little bit more. She's still holding my right arm and I grab the key. But as I'm going to grab this key, the light hits the, the rounds. The light hits the rounds and I don't know, just seeing the rounds there I kind of just and seeing the light hit him it just kind of uh, it makes me chuckle a little bit she's wondering like what the freak man why the hell also now you're, you're laughing um I don't know
thinking I'm a little irritated because it actually worked. <laughs> kind of taking a breath and then just kind of falling down to the ground and Monica kind of being a little taken back, kind of confused with what the hell, you know? She's like, what the hell are you doing? She's like, stop this. She's telling me, don't do this. Stop, stop. Um, and I did. I stopped. I, I bring my warrior box with me everywhere I go. I'm carrying this weight of living for my friends who did die. That's why I carry around my neck a, the last a piece of shrapnel that they took out of my hand at Walter Reed because it actually pokes and actually gets stuck to things and it actually, like if I have my backpack on, it'll push against my skin so hard that I, I feel it. I still think every now and then about harming myself. <laughs> um, it's not really easy to say that, um, but it's true. You know, I wake up in pain every day. I go to sleep and I hurt every day. Like, what is the point of all this? But I've, I've trained myself to, to not kill myself. for sharing his story with the staff. Brian brought his warrior box into the studio to talk with us. Brian's currently finishing his master's degree in social work at Cal Berkeley. His therapist, Shauna, is deeply devoted to working with vets like Ryan. She helps them cope with the trauma of war and adjust to their new lives back in the States. Many of Shauna's vets describe near-death experiences in which they saw the faces and heard the voices of their loved ones. The message is often the same. Don't give up. These stories gave Shauna the initial idea for the Warrior Box. Shauna and Brian are now sharing their ideas with other vets. We're going to have a link to their work at snapjudgment.org. That story is brought to us by producer Jake Halpern. The story is produced by Jake Halpern and Nancy Lopez. Special thanks as well to Megan Kane of Invisibilia for her help.